What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, sir, you. Plastics. With that one bit of guidance, that one poignant moment in the 1967 movie The Graduate, all of America was exposed to the future of industrial manufacturing and plastics. 55 years later, we're starting to wonder whether that was such great advice, not because it wasn't profitable, not because it didn't lead to all kinds of products being available and being able to be manufactured cheaply, but because there are environmental consequences of such a ubiquitous use of and production of plastic in our processes. The concern about plastics and what they do after we use them has led people to advocate avoiding single-use plastics, for example, in water bottles. Jason Momoa, the actor, recently shaved his hair off as a form of protest against single-use plastics. Many coastal communities have been concerned about them getting into the beach or into the surf, and so they have talked about bans and actually implemented bans on things like straws or on single-use plastic bags, the kind that you get at the grocery store because those very frequently find themselves into a storm drain, into a waterway, and out into the ocean. It's the from there question that is now being studied fairly aggressively, especially when it comes to very small particles of plastic, what people call microplastics. Now, technically speaking, microplastics are defined as any piece of plastic that is smaller than 0.2 inches in diameter. That's about 5 millimeters, so think the size of a BB or an airsoft bullet or smaller. That's technically defined as a microplastic, although some of them are much smaller than that. They're very, very small fragments. And with them being in the waterways and thereafter into the oceans, the question has been, well, what happens then? Do they wind up in fish? If they wind up in fish, do they wind up in people? We now have a study in the journal Marine Pollution Bulletin that concludes at least part of the answer to this question is, yes, three quarters of fish caught off the coast of southern New Zealand contain some degree of microplastics in their tissues. The author of the study, Isabella Clare, told Newsweek that 75% of the fish that she sampled had ingested microplastic, and she sampled fish over a two-year period throughout all seasons, and she sampled pelagic, that's surface-dwelling, and benthic, that's bottom-dwelling fish, meaning that the plastics are in all seasons, in all locations, at every level in the water column. In other words, they're everywhere. So where do these plastics come from? Well, as I already mentioned, they can come from larger bits of plastic that then get shredded or broken down by whatever action might take place upon them. They can also start smaller. For example, microplastics are used in the manufacture of cosmetics and microfiber clothing. And when you wash those, small pieces like plastic lint can leave the material, go into the water and go flushed out just like anything else. A recent estimate from the journal Microplastics and Nanoplastics estimates that about 24 trillion pieces of microplastic are in the world's upper oceans. The combined total weight, anywhere between 80 and 580,000 tons. But in particular, they're in fish because fish obviously go gulping the water and that winds up going mostly in their gut, but sometimes traveling into their muscles, which ultimately means that if somebody consumes them, like say you or I, we also take them into our bodies. 
And if you eat the fish whole, like for example an anchovy, well, it doesn't matter where it was in its body. It's going to be in the body of the person who ate it. And in this particular study, 98% of the microplastic pieces found in fish were less than 3 millimeters in size, so smaller than half the diameter of a BB. Now, why is this problematic, aside from just being gross? Well, one thought is because the shape of the plastic can, of course, cause problems for you. It can rub against organ walls, irritating the inside of your body. There's also a concern about the transfer of chemicals that might have been in the plastic. And there's also some research showing that bacteria, possibly highly resistant bacteria, grow in the little nooks and crannies of plastic. There was one interesting study in a Swedish lake system where they discovered that the lakes that had the plastic bags in them were the most prone to developing bacterial growth. So what's the net takeaway from all of this observation and consternation? I think the simple answer is we're not really sure how bad this is, how serious it is, or how much we need to do to mitigate against it. But I don't think there's anybody out there saying this is a great thing to discover. The fact that they appear to be everywhere seems very problematic, but given our uncertainty about the overall effects, at this point we're probably trying to be a little bit more prudent in case it turns out that this is really a problem for us or for the animals or for the plants, or for the entire ecosystem. So at the very least, we should probably be taking more care to restrict the way we dispose of plastics so that at least they don't go into the water system. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.